This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got some very important questions to answer on today's show. The first one is, are we going to have a quad wage low expiration like we did in June? It's September. It looked okay until Ford. Can we go two days, two trading days in a row without someone warning about Q3 earnings? What happened to the rally into the Fed meeting, right? Ford disrupted everything. And one rule for today's show, I don't want anybody biting anyone's nose. Mitch, roll the intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, starting the day in the red here. We're down 18 and three quarters handles at 38.9850, trying to stay above 3,900. Uh, the buck pulled back yesterday, but Back up a couple pennies today at 109.50. TLT down, down a buck 02, 106.30. Uh, crude rallied yesterday, but starting to stall at 86. Gold in the red by a buck 80, 1676.30. Silver, that's in the red by a nickel, 19.305. Bitcoin, still under 20K, down 300 at 19,180. And Ethereum Futures is down six bucks at thirteen fifty-five. Now, now Triple D, you're probably wondering why I said that we don't want anyone biting anyone's nose today. Mm, yes, I am. Who bit somebody's nose? Was Tyson out there? No, the CEO of Beyond Meat. Oh and yeah, it, I did hear something. About this. What, this is what happens when you eat fake meat? You get hungry. You start eating people's noses. What did he do? <laughs> He bit someone's nose. He got mad at a college football game, and he said, you know what? I'm taking your nose with me. (laughs) Seriously, though, like away from the jokes, I actually, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the story. Why why did he bite somebody's nose? You know, he was that kid that in kindergarten, when he got into fights, instead of using his fist, he bit people. So he did it as an adult, but oh ended up gosh. biting somebody in the nose. What the And heck? looks like he took the nose with him. 
Holy, what a disaster this stock is, eh? Yeah, this what, is what not, was the high on this thing? This is not how you show up on your company. Oh, it's not radar. even. It, oh, I have $239. It's now 17 The stock's down 95%. I think it's not, you know, nothing's a safe bet. This stock's going to have some short squeezes. There's going to be some other stuff that happens, but it wouldn't surprise me if you look at the stock two years from now, it's like a buck. But aren't they doing aren't they doing business with McDonald's? Was it like everything? Yeah, I don't even know if that's still going or not. Yeah. Yeah. This has just been when stocks go down ninety five percent, they often go down ninety nine percent. And the problem is you're buying at seventeen, that'll bring it to like two bucks. So it's it's a no touch for me. You don't want to be buying stocks that go down ninety percent. It's just not, you know, and we've talked about this on the show before, and I still can't find that, but I read it somewhere, you know, through the years. Where it's like nine when a stock falls, and I always screw it up. When a stock falls ninety percent, when you look at it ten years later, ninety percent of the time they are lower than they were ten years ago. Meaning they don't come back. Only ten percent come back. So that's your story. You know, you sit in these. Oh, it's down nine, seventeen, and eventually get down to two, up to two hundred and forty. That's not what history tells us. History tells us when they fall over ninety percent, they usually continue to go down. So that's something you know to keep in mind when you're buying these stocks and you think you're buying them cheap. All right, so Dennis, you've been concerned about Q3 earnings, right? And uh, we've getting Very. warnings. I mean, why why don't we just keep a tally? I mean, um, we uh, was it Adobe or or was it the merger made with Adobe? We have FedEx. Uh, we had a reprieve yesterday. The market the General rally. Electric too, which yeah, never General, got any oh, love from the media. Nobody even paying attention to that one, right? Um, so there's just about, we just go one every day and then now, now, now Ford's Mitch, Mitch, what did they, and this is really confusing. So tell what they said for the short term and the long term. So here Ford Motors on Monday warned to investors that the company expects to incur an extra 1 billion in costs in the third quarter due to inflation and supply chain issues. They also said that supply chain problems have resulted in part shortages affecting roughly 40,000 to 45,000 vehicles. They reaffirmed their full year guidance yet cutting their current quarter guidance but saying that they expect to deliver the vehicles to dealers in the fourth quarter. Multiple thoughts here. One is obviously the supply chain issues where everybody keeps saying, oh, they're getting better. They are not getting better. The people who I talk to say they're not getting better. I'm still sitting here first, you know, and not talking auto parts, but on the house that I'm now living in. I have no front door. I have no side door. I ordered my stovetop 14 months ago. It's still not in. And then they said, oh, well, you can get a different one. But the prices have went up so much. Oh, if I boy. if I go and buy another one, I'm going to be paying like 50% more for it. So it's like, do you want to save the 50%? You know, do you want to save yourself a couple thousand bucks and wait? Or do you want to, you know, go and, you know, just buy another one, which you obviously you could get. Um, it, it's just continuous. My bar fridge finally showed up. That took eight months. So, I mean, this is the what we're in right now. Um, and, and, and it's not going away. The supply chain issues are not getting better. So, you know, we can say, you know, yeah, okay, eventually we're going to get by these supply chain issues. Wait till we, this political war with China escalates. The supply chain issues are going to get a hell of a lot worse. Inflation is probably going to get worse as well then. So, I mean, we can keep saying eventually we're getting past these supply chain issues. This has been a long time now. I think we got to say that, you know, they're not, you know, what was the word that the, they were using for inflation there last year? It was uh, transitory. transitory. Yeah. So this supply yeah. chain issues, 
Where do they think they're transitory? I'm going to say right now, I don't believe they're transitory. I believe these supply chain issues are permanent. sticky. Yeah, sticky. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Permanent's a hard word, but sticky okay. is a better oh, word. I can, so, I can, yeah, I can give you a supply, uh, you know, just related to cars here too. And I shared this with Dennis yesterday. I mean, I have an old car that I just kind of, I got in 2015. I liked it. It was this big Chrysler, you know, 300. I got a cheap lease on it because I had a friends and family. I had the car for like three, three and a half years. My lease came up and everything I was looking at, this is like 18, 19. Everything was like six, 700 bucks. I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that I'm going to lease a car for that amount of money. I usually don't buy cars, right? So I buy the car for a good amount. I get a letter yesterday from my dealer. Says he can offer up to 100% of the average Kelly Blue Book value, plus advide, uh, provide additional incentives towards a new vehicle purchase. You know what? No. No. I'm keeping it. I'm not selling it. I'm not selling it to you. Maybe maybe 150 percent, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call them today. I'm definitely gonna call with them, and then I also got another friends and family discount if I want to do it. So it's 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 out there, man. It's 150 percent. But anyways, Fords. I mean, SPs are leaking too, Dennis. I don't know if you're leaning on your yeah, on your they're, le- they're le- leaking. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of like, they gave you bad news and then they told you it's not such bad news. So I'd have to see what happens at 14 here. You just dipped in the pre-market down to a little in the lower 14s. Um, it's a, it's a level. It's a daily low. The only problem is there's nothing to 13 and a half after that. So uh, 14, see what happens. Not down four and a half percent. Dennis, what's your uh, technical taker? Mitch, you got any? Anything uh, I just want to say I don't have a technical take on it. I'm just going to say um, you're analyzing it, and they say so. Basically, just in a nutshell, they they cut the quarter's guidance almost in half, but they reaffirmed full year guidance. So they're basically saying supply chain issues will get better in the second half, and then you know they're not saying anything about any demand destruction, which I'm saying is coming. So they're not even saying about that. It's all supply chain issues here. So they're just saying back to business as usual once we get past these supply chain issues. I think they're sticky. I think they're going to have supply chain issues in the second half. And I think there's going to be demand falling off the cliff for new cars. So I'm not touching Ford. Nope, thank you. I've sold my GM. We know I recently sold that. Um, I had it, bought it horribly, and you know went down to 30. It's come back. Chart, it's been holding up very well. Good relative strength. But I still think, there's going to be a lot of people not buying new cars in the second half. I think we're going into a full-blown recession. I think it's going to be a bad one, and I don't want to own those stocks. I want to own stuff that is not as sensitive to you know in, in a recession, which auto new sales, new auto sales, cars sales are very sensitive to. A Mitch, you got any technicals on uh, GM or Ford? For uh, GM is getting hit uh, down sixty-seven cents, hanging out kind of near its recent high. Any uh, any technicals on those, Mitch? Uh, Ford, I just see it pulling back to uh, a level that it always likes to go back to around the 11th. Um, that's Ooh. where I can see it pulling back to. So uh, monthly candles, Ooh. to my eyes, look towards 11. And especially if we're going into a recession, I could see it coming back to that 11. Is it eventually going back to 20? Could eventually when we get a real EV boom. But I don't think that is next year. And that's why I would say Ford pulling back. I might get an EV. If I could find an EV or, you know what, maybe a hybrid, you know, because the EVs, the charging stations are not all there yet. What if you get a hybrid? 
So then if you, you know, you can't get charged, what do you, you know, they're probably super expensive. And that's going to be the back half. The story will get hot again. So don't just call for dead money. You know, I think, you know, I think you could see 11. I think there's going to be a rough second half, but I think there's going to be a a time that we're going to want to own Ford and GM as they start to, you know, benefit from this whole movement to EV. Their lightning looks awesome. They've got some good stuff coming. So it's about timing it. I just don't feel like I want to own auto part, auto dealers right now i don't want to own ford or gm for the simple reason that i think there's gonna be a lot of people strapped for cash and also what's interesting and we've been talking about this show on the show for a couple days i mean you know it is a love stock but like tesla i mean that thing is it's just been just been a beast right back it's almost back at above its august high so doesn't go uh, down yeah it's its own animal I mean, unbelievable relative strength here. We're seeing more and more of them on the road. People just no, love you the are. story, and yep. they don't care, and they don't care about the valuation. And like I've said before, Elon Musk is way ahead of everyone. So I'm I'm a big fan. If Tesla would have ever had a reasonable valuation, I would have been long. And obviously, I you know I wrote puts on it before the non-bankruptcy trade, but you know I haven't had it in the long-term portfolio for a while because I want to trade 100 times earnings. But with that being said. They've got this figured out. They don't even have to market. I mean, they have everything figured out oh, so much better. It's so in... superior to Ford and GM in every way. You know, we they have to market the hell. They spend so much money on marketing. Tesla spends nothing on marketing. People talk about it. So impressive in itself. If you were to ever get back to a reasonable valuation, I'd buy Tesla too. The one thing I'm worried about is the Twitter situation with Tesla. So that's keeping me out. Yeah, the thing I would look at is that monthly chart looking good here on Tesla. We'll see if we can get back through the 311 area. That's what we talked about yesterday, 311.75. You can get up there and get through 320s. I think you have that look towards the 350s that analysts were looking at. We'll see, though. But, of course, Twitter situation could always turn around these technicals. For sure. All right. Let's oil. Keep... And, and the reason we started selling off on the S&P, Joel, again, this correlation is starting to show up here again when oil rallies, okay. the market um, starts to dip. So we're seeing oil just starting to show some life here after eight o'clock. I'm not sure if there was a number or something, but oil was trading down all morning and it just went to the green and the S&Ps took another leg lower on that. So again, you know, that the simple reason for that is you know, this you're looking at, you know, inflation and the Fed, obviously this is a big input into it. So if oil's coming down, commodity prices are coming down. That means, you know, the next CPI report may not be as bad, or at least that's helping it. We know last time it didn't help it enough because there was other things offsetting it, but I definitely can start to see this correlation happening here again with oil and this inverse correlation between just oil a, and just an alert 86, keep an eye on 86. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a three-star number for you, Dennis. Uh, the reason is, is because you had your high on Thursday, 86.18. Yesterday, 85.88. Your current high today, 86.12, right? No such thing as a triple top. We're keeping an eye on 86 and crude today. Yeah, I'm watching to see if we could close the week at 90. Um, that one might reverse some of the oil trades and oil stocks, but they've been struggling to hold on here. We'll see if they're able to get a little push up. Monthly close, 89.55. Good number there, Mitch. Definitely something to watch. We'll see what happens there. Let's keep going into the next headline. Can we do GM? Um, yeah. Technicals and GM, we talked for it a long time. GM <sighs> obviously has been holding up unbelievably really i mean yesterday they were buying the dip on that thing again they continue to buy the dip on gm i'm not sure if it's a cruise or why you know that they're but they're showing a lot of relative strength here so from a technical basis it looks pretty good i'm just scared 
I got that fundamental hat on here right now. They just don't want to own cars, but. What do you think of the technicals in GM? Uh, I mean, yesterday, I mean, you got to level the lean on. It's just not very close to it. I mean, yesterday's low is down a buck 50. So maybe if you wanted to, you got two lows in the same area. Maybe if, I mean, you're even a buck away from yesterday's close. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have the guts to buy it. And if this goes through 41, 44, I think it's going to be a battle. Your high from last week was 42.13. But, you know, if you think this GM is immune to this, then, you know, you got to lean on the the 39.5 low. Can't really really give you anything else in government motors. Uh, The way I see it, I see see, uh, kind of the 200-day moving average, and you get the weekly averages around 41.21. I'm looking for a pullback. It needs to get back up over 42 for me to really think about this as being bullish. Um, They did that today. That'd be impressive. Yeah, definitely. That, that wouldn't get it towards more of that bullish trend. It's been holding a nice linear path, but if Ford comes down and for any reason, Tesla reverses back to the red side, I would expect GM also to be coming back towards, let's say 35s. Look at Tesla and GM positively correlated all of a sudden. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing. And so I would watch Tesla also. I mean, that's just been holding up a lot of the autos. All right, let's go to Sescohana's downgrade on PayPal, holding to neutral, lowering the price target to 100. What do you guys think about PayPal now? 90 is the level it has to hold. Um, we've oh, been yeah. holding up fairly well. The stock has been just punished so much. It went from a growth stock to a value stock. I mean, at a certain point in time, it's just already had its bear market. So I think Susquehanna is late to the party. I think as long as it holds 90, you could try. Try from the long side. If it takes up that double bottom, I'm looking at 89, 79, 89, 81. So call it 89 to 90. Takes that out. I don't want to be long it. But there's an argument here to be long it above 90. Dennis gives you support. I'll give you resistance here. Susquehanna is leaning on those pair highs at 95, 94, 95, and 95, 15. So you, that's good resistance uh, ahead of that on a day with a downgrade trading in the red. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that close of 94 even. So there you go. There's your resistance. And then I'm just looking. This just had a one, two, three, four, five out of six, six out of eight, seven out of nine winning days uh, in the month of September. That's pretty unusual for what the market's done. Got it whacked a little bit yesterday. Ahead of the downgrade, but uh, I agree with you on the 90. See the resistance at 95. Yeah, not much there on that chart for me. I'll just keep moving on. Let's go towards the next rating here, which is important. We got a lot of rating on today, so let's Tuesday go. Tuesday is a big day for ratings. Tuesday is always one of the big days. The big days, you know, you don't see that much Monday morning. You start seeing stuff Monday night because the analysts are getting, you know, they're getting back to work the Mondays. They got to get these reports out there. They usually show up Tuesday. So Tuesdays usually. The big day. And when the market's really moving around, we know the analysts hold the notes because they don't want to put something out when the market's crashing. But when the market VIX is coming down, the market's you know not as volatile, then they'll release the notes. Tuesday is always the big day for analyst ratings. All right, let's go to Barclays downgrade on Nike to EcoWeight, lowering price target to 110. This is a stock that I was looking at because it seemed to me a little bit sleepy. And I've been watching Foot Locker still holding up on that kind of like floating island look. So we'll take a look at both of these. But Foot Locker holding up was getting me a little bit bullish in Nike. But then, boom, you get a downgrade here. What do you guys think? Got to hold 100 bucks. 
I mean, you're not going to see that today. It's already gotten beat up pretty hard for three bucks, but that's the big level. It's got to stay above a hundred bucks. You want to get bullet. You want to, you know, get the, on the bull side of this thing. I think you've got to be above a hundred dollars below a hundred dollars. I don't want to own it. I see it. I mean, just as short term and we haven't hit it yet, but uh, if you're looking, you know, if you're short this thing or you want to try along and you don't think it's getting a hundred bucks today, uh, keep an eye on Friday and Monday's lows. They're right there, right next to each other, right? 103 and a quarter, 103.33. So that's a buck lower. They haven't taken it there. That's the first level after that. A hundred uh, coming back on the upside. <laughs> close near the high of the session. So people that took this home on the strong close got stuffed. That closes way up there at 107.21. You could see a little whoosh up off the open sometimes on this stock just because it's, you know, it's kind of a popular retail stock. Don't think you're going to see that 107.21, though, if you're looking to exit on a rally off the open. All right, next up, uh, Deutsche Bank. And let's go to Deutsche Bank analyst Sydney Ho downgrading Western Digital shares to hold from buy, citing weakening demand from the data storage company. Uh, they expect revenue and EPS tracking low end of the guidance Gosh. for uh, full year of uh, quarter one. And then quarter two outlook also looking to be meaningful below current street estimates, Ho wrote in a Monday note. So... Uh, Deutsche Bank stepping up, downgrading Western Digital. They had it from a buy, now to a hold. Oh man, this has been just a disaster too. A hundred dollars back in 2018. Now it's 36. I mean, this company's cut their dividend to zero. There's just been a lot of issues. Even though we had the nice rally earlier this year, it's coming back down. The one thing you've got going for you, it's getting back down to the support area where it's had you know bounce and had a good time before. So you got to go out to your monthlies to find that. But if you look back in 2020, we had lots of lows in 33 to 35. We're going to look like we're going to test that. I'm going to throw out the COVID low at 2740 because some of those lows were just too, you know, ridiculous. So I'm going to say 33 to 35. You're coming into support here. So if you're thinking, you know, it could bounce, that's a logical place for it to bounce. I'd be bringing in a short there. I'm not sure I got the guts to go long. Uh, wait, I thought that this thing, the breakup value is 100 bucks. Who said that? Um, is that West Elliot? Or one yeah. Yeah. Is Elliot? Yeah, it says Western Digital reaches settlement with active active. What do, what do you mean you reach a settlement? I don't know. I thought this thing was worth a hundred bucks. So, um, sixty five dollars away, thirty six dollars uh, risk reward ratio. Um, not bad. Uh, not touching it though. WDC. I, I don't know. I don't know how these guys do this. I don't know where they come up with these things, and no one ever talks about it except on pre market prep. Uh, but um, there's a monthly low at thirty five twenty nine. Where's Seagate? This is probably getting walloped too, right? Seagate down a buckle. It's held up a lot better than Western Digital, but I mean, relatively speaking, it's been cut in half, 117 to 62. You're coming to 60. Look at the monthlies, Joel. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, I because it was old resistance. That's where you broke out from 2020. Right. And now you're going to challenge it here. It actually went ex-dividend here today too. So the adjusted close, if you're looking at STX and went off the board at 6202, the adjusted close is 6132. Probably going to challenge that 60 today. It's good support there because that was the old uh, resistance level. 
With that being said, it's just a tough market, man. They're, I'd rather buy the relative strength and the relative weakness. What's the, what's the dividend on that one? Four point five nine percent. That's not bad. Did uh, Western Digi cut? Western Digi used to have like a. I know that's what I had it. I had it. Zero. I had it for the longest time. I love that dividend. I think I, I got in it with the Rev. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but Dennis, could you please explain the the adjusted price and some? You know, I know you use it for a strategy in certain markets as far as the dividend goes. Well, you just knocked it dividend off so when a stock goes x dividend which stx is x dividend today that means today you will not be entitled to the dividend if you owned it yesterday and hold it over midnight then you're entitled to the dividend so you're not entitled to the dividend anymore which was 70 cents so you have to take the 70 cents off the price so that the exchange will actually adjust the closing price because now they're not getting the dividend so 6202 is where it closed yesterday then you knock off the 70 cent dividend that it's going to pay you so you get an adjusted close, which the exchange has is six sixty one thirty two. And you'll see people trying to, you know, uh, right now, if you if you took it home and even if you um, I'm not, you know, uh, well, you'd still be underwater. But, uh, you know, it's it's a popular strategy. People this one, you could if you were buying in ahead of the dividend, you got smoked because uh, the thing went straight down. Different in market environments. It works. Dividend uh, capture is not working well right no, now. And no. I backed off on dividend capture. There's certain strategies that don't work well in a bear market. And dividend capture is one of those that does not work very well in a bear market. So you've got to consider all those things. Certain strategies work better in different environments. We're full on in a bear market here right now. You go in there trying to capture a 50 cent dividend and you know, the thing goes down a buck on you. So, I mean, that's, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, you get in a bull market and lots of things, you know, and it was to the point that, you know, we were making the pre pre market show, you know, Mitch, you were talking about, you know, the stocks that like into it was on, you know, Kramer last night. It used to be like Jim Cramer mentioned something positively, especially if it was just out of the blue, and the stocks would just rip on that. We're not seeing that even happen anymore. You know, Grasso would mention a stock, it would rip on it. You can see the influence, you know, that these guys have. It's not as prevalent when you're getting into tougher markets. And the one thing, you know, off CNBC, the reason for that is it's very retail driven. A lot of people retail watching CNBC, getting their trading ideas from it. They see, oh, Grasso likes this. I go in the after hours, I go in, you know, in the day and I buy the stock right away. And I mean, that's not happening here. One, because a lot of retail traders are underwater significantly. So they don't have the kind of capital they did before. Or two, if they do have that kind of capital, a lot of it's tied up in losing positions. So they're not as liquid as they once were. So you're not seeing that happen. And the algos back off too, because the algos would buy, you know, when Jim Cramer says something, knowing the retail will be behind them. If the retail's not coming though, the algos have no out. So now the algos aren't even doing it. So you can see sometimes Jim Cramer mentions something, it doesn't even move. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, how everything has changed, you know, from where we were a year ago. Jim Cramer, remember mentioning those SPACs, Mitch, and Mitch just hit off in the background, but he mentioned a SPAC and popped 20%. I mean, those days are long gone. You know, Kathy Wood, buy a SPAC or buy a stock and it pops 15% because Kathy Wood bought it. Those days are long gone. Those were retail-driven strategies and retail is significantly underwater in 2022. Yeah, unfortunately, the euphoria in just calling out a name on financial media has gone away. <laughs> well, that's it. It's, you know, we're just in a different market environment and that's okay. You know, you have to adjust strategies for your different market environments. It used to be like, oh yeah, Jim Cramer gives it a mention, stock's going to pop up. You know, you can make some money off of that. It doesn't happen as much anymore. I mean, there'll, be, there'll still be movement. You'll see the odd outlier where something will move when it's mentioned, you know. So, you know, Leon Cooperman was on, you know, CNBC this morning. A couple of the stocks I mentioned kind of moved a bit, but not like it was a year ago where they're buying them hand over fist. I mean, people, the FOMO, 
is just not prevalent here right now. Um, people asking though, Joel, and you know, we're getting a significant pullback in the S&P right now. You know, am I bullish? I think I would be a buyer of this pullback today for from a day trading perspective, not from a long-term investing perspective, still staying 50% cash. But from a day trading perspective here, it sets up fairly well. We have the double bottom in place on SPY, Joel, perfect yep. double bottom, 382.11, 382.17. You get the rip run rally, and now you get the 50% retracement. We played this strategy, remember, about, I don't know, it wasn't even that long ago. I feel like we played this strategy like a week and a half ago. It was before that big run up. It was Yeah, we played this strategy like a week and a half ago and it worked really well. So I'm going to play it again today. So yes, you know, for today, I would take the 50% retracement of yesterday's move. So we'll just do a quick math. Let's do 382 to 388. Six bucks. Take three bucks off. We're right there right now. So $3.25 right in here. 385.80. I think I'd actually be buying the pullback here from a day trading perspective. So I'm bullish today. Long term still bearish. Yeah, it's it's one of those uh like yesterday's open, you know, you opened right, you right opened right into Friday's low, right? So you pretty much knew off the bat the pre-market low was a little bit lower. You knew you were wrong. Here, like I, I really don't know where I'm like let's say you know 88 and a quarter stays is like the pre-market low end up getting long at like 91, 92, 93. That's not much room. So <clears throat> I think I think in order, you know, on, it's not going to be that that kind of the move that you had off the open. I just don't I just don't see a level though. I, I like what you're saying um as far as you know the the day my daily pivot's a little bit higher. If I was going to wait to buy this thing on strength, um I would wait to see if we could hold 3897. And that way, you know, that kind of keeps you keeps you out of trouble. You don't get the, you know, the instant gratification if it comes straight off the open. But we're down. We're down 28 handles. We have bad news out there. We had another company warn. I mean, it's not it's not all, you know, peaches and cream out there. Well, that's so, the biggest well. problem. So from a day trading perspective, you can see this retrace. But it's hard to hold stuff overnight because it's like, okay, who's next? They warn. You know, yeah. we're going to come into an earnings season. I'm going to say this right now. I believe this coming earnings season is going to be one of the worst earnings seasons we have seen in a very long time. And I think there's going to be companies warning all over the place. Last quarter, the earnings weren't great, but they were kind of just good enough. I think this quarter they're going to be bad. You're going to get some majors warning. And I don't know if it's going to be Microsoft or I, I think it's going to be Meta, to be honest. I think Meta's going to warn. I think it's going to be a disaster. Um, that's just my own thought process. But I think, you know, it's a hard it's hard to just jump in here and be rah, rah, bullish here right now because there's so many, there's so many, you know, things to worry about here. So I think from a day trading perspective, again, I think I'm buying the pullback today. Um, from a long-term investment perspective, it's just, you know, I, I'm comfortable with cash right now. I'm comfortable with cash. Yep, cash. Yeah. As, I don't as, see a reason to just turn around and start buying stocks. Yeah. I, I mean, in my, like I, I gave my little bit longer term, you know, scenario was, you know, can we, you know, can we hold that, that low, that low Friday from Monday? And that, that's 40 handles away and we're leaking towards it. If not, I mean, uh, you, you got to put the, you got to put the June low on, um, back on the table. I mean, we had a one day reprieve yesterday and then boom, right back, uh, right back down. Uh, I think they'll four. buy the dip though, because I think this money managers <laughs> are like, Ooh, you know, so I think it sets up very similarly to when we had the show and we were talking, I think it was the sixth or the seventh and the seventh when we had the move i said I'd buy the 50 percent, then you had the okay. run. so yeah. i do think you might have some people coming here after the open to buy this dip which is the good news the bad news is who's warning next
Okay. All right. Uh, Mitch, you still lurking in the background there? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh yes, I am. I you am don't like us. He keeps hiding on us. No, I'm just I'm He's just ch- working on a little bit of some uh chrome issues out in the back with our guests here. But let's keep going. Let's get towards the next headline. Let's go to JP Morgan initiating coverage on Luminar Technologies with an overweight rating announcing a price target of $30. That's L-A-Z-R. Of course, this is a LIDAR technology play um, and kind of a play into the future. I feel like these are the opportunities in the long term that are going to be really interesting to take a look at. Here's JP Morgan with some initiating coverage. There's going to be some winners here. Again, it's such a sell-the-rip market. It's hard to buy something that's up 7%. It's like, I think I'm going to get a shot back at 9 a quarter on this. Is it a stock I want to own long-term? It's hard. There's going to be a few, like, don't kid yourself. There's going to be some 10-baggers from these EV plays. There's going to be some huge winners in here. But the problem is there's going to be a lot of losers, too. And I don't know who's going to win and who's going to lose. I know Tesla's going to be a winner. I don't know who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the losers here. So I don't know, Mitch. I mean, LAZR. I don't LAZR. Know thank you. I, yep. I asked you guys that a hundred times. I said it. I said it. I know. I'm like, oh, gosh, going through all of them. Um, well, you hit 10. 10's good. I mean, let's see. I'd, I'd have to say if you're looking through follow through off this one, it's up a lot. Ten bucks. That fills a gap, right? Uh, nine ninety seven fills a gap. You got up there, still bid at nine eighty four. But clearing ten, you got some work to. You know, your next daily level comes at ten forty three. Don't know where to buy it. I think if I was trying to buy it a little bit longer term. Uh, maybe I let it get, you know, see if it leaks back down to uh, the top of yesterday's range, nine twenty, nine thirty dollar area. But let's see what happens at ten bucks. All right. And another thing that I'll remind of why I like this one out of others is because they do have a partnership with NVIDIA. And I think that that will lead them to success. All right. Let's get what about in- NVIDIA. Yeah. What I about mean, we're NVIDIA? Get Craig on here in a second. But this stock oh. goes down every day. I mean, I guess, you know, it's come a couple of days, last couple of days, I shouldn't say the last two days, it's finally starting to show some life here. But this thing has went from bliss to piss big time, $346, now 133. You're talking about a stop that's basically had a three for one stock split, but they didn't give me any extra stock. Yeah, it's a port back here in March. I don't know. Is there an argument here to be long? Or is the valuation still too high? I just, I, I mean, it, it looks horrible. I mean, you had the two-day rally. They bought the dip yesterday. Um, let's just look at yet yesterday's low was quite a ways off. What was the close on Friday? Out of curiosity, one thirty-one ninety-eight. I'd keep an eye on that. Uh, it uh, that was your close on. It's just a, it's a minor number, one thirty-one ninety-eight. But you know, if you think this is a buy the dip here. Uh, maybe you take a look, see what hat, see if it can hold the close, and then I'm not going to risk down to 126.17. That was your low on Friday, but at least you got yesterday's low to lean on at uh, 130.10. 
So that's what you're looking at for Nvidia and AMD. It did did it did it give away that 75 yet? No, not yet. Not that. yet. Man, it's like pow. It's like wow. There we go. Well, what a sell that was at 100 though. I wish it would have sold it all. Just don't get an AMD warning down sold, here. Sold 80 percent of my position at 100. Should have sold it all. Should have sold 180. Should have sold everything. Back in August, should have sold everything. Hindsight Capital is 2020 <laughs> as always. Craig gonna be uh is Craig good to go? Yeah, yeah we got we him got in this. the we got him in the background, probably we need, some bullish. Uh, we need something yeah. somebody tell All right. us something bullish. Let's bring on Benzinga's well, let's say pre-market preps, number one analyst, Craig Johnson over there at Piper Sandler, working the controls. Craig, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing great, but I mean, the world is so negative out here. I think I need some Prozac at this point. Give it to right? me. Give it to me. I want the positive. I want the bulls, case. I need to get here, bullish here. Everybody on the show knows that um, when it's time to be optimistic, I'm optimistic. When it's time to be bearish, I'm bearish. I'm not just a one-way sort of individual here looking at this market. But, you know, yesterday, and actually the notes I put out today, I said, call it a comeback. It was kind of an interesting day yesterday, but... You pull up a chart of the S&P 500, you sort of had this uh, positive sort of bullish engulfing sort of set up yesterday on the trade. But really nothing is going to matter until we get through the Fed announcement tomorrow. And I think from my perspective, anybody that I have talked to has told me a, a gazillion reasons why to be bearish and why they're like, oh, 75 basis points, maybe 100 basis point hike. Everybody's become a Fed watcher at this point in time. And um, I think at this point in time, I'd rather probably lean a little bit long. We haven't taken out the June lows. Breath has still, you know, been beat up. I get it. Fed's going to be raising rates. But there is so much negativity. Stocks have been so beat up. And then you look at some of these housing numbers that have come out today. Like, that clearly isn't bearish, right? And a lot of the bears out there are sort of hanging their hats on that we need to see housing implode and interest rates have gone up and et cetera, et cetera. That, that clearly hasn't happened as of yet. So what I wanted to do here this morning is I just did a presentation for a group of individuals and I said, you know what? Let me tell you why I think we should be a little bit more optimistic versus pessimistic. And can I share my screen with that? Yeah, please. Of course. Of course. Can. Of course. We love that. All right. So let me share a screen. This one right here. All right. So I did right. this presentation just over the weekend. I assume you can see everything now. We're good, Craig. Yep. Did this presentation to the uh, Technical Analyst Society in San Francisco for a conference. But here's what I wanted to show with everybody. If things are going to be so negative, first off, for me, okay, I need to see clear, definitive break below these June lows. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, things are weak. Things are concerning. But I need to see a break in this before you can really make a big change. The other thing, too, is... I'm going to jump forward here, mm-hmm. and I want to pull up this particular chart on the fixed income. 350 is a level I'm watching. I haven't broken it quite yet, but I also just want to point out the fact that if I come through and I look at credit spreads right now, credit spreads look like topping formations when you look at charts. So if we're going to get a really big negative event coming up in the future, this is not setting up anything like 2007, 8, or 9, thank goodness, of course. Um, but I'm not seeing high yield breaking out. I'm not seeing 
uh, investment grade breaking out. I actually see them breaking down. Take it a step further. Look at break-even inflation rates. Call me crazy, but that doesn't look like an uptrend on two, five, or 10-year at this point in time, right? Also take a look at this sort of divergence that's been happening in the market between 30-year um, bonds and also in terms of the commodity index. They're going the opposite directions. Last time I saw this happen was in March. And if my thinking about this is correct, and if I pull up a very simple chart of the dollar or crude oil in here, no way can I spin that as positive at this point in time, right? So if I'm right, you could have another meaningful move higher here as you watch this particular chart normalize and the correlation starts to play out like it has in the past and you see interest rates actually come down, okay? Not what anybody is thinking at this point in time, but I also think that this market is sort of like Humpty Dumpty, right? Like, I don't think the Fed wants to see Humpty Dumpty fall off the wall because I'm not sure they're going to be able to understand how to put the pieces back together again. So they're going to come out. They're going to be doing their 75 basis points. That's consensus. At this point in time, you got maybe 20, 25% probability of 100. Um, but if this market gets too carried away to the downside, it's going to be even more difficult to sort of, you know, stick with one of their Fed mandates, which is price inflate, uh, price stability too. So bounce so is one thing, Craig. And, you know, I think you're calling for a bounce here. I know you were on the show before saying we could hit all-time highs by the end of the year. Is that scenario still possible or is that off the table? I would say that it's uh, – I have not changed my year-end objective of 47.75. I think it's directionally correct. It might be a little bit aggressive in here. Um, but I keep watching the fact that we've made these higher lows in here. We're testing it right now. And if the Fed doesn't uh, rip out the floor underneath us tomorrow, investors could be more uh, excited and you come back and you go back once again and retest this downtrend resistance line. I think an ideal – scenario for the fed is for the markets to end up flat tomorrow versus ending up up big or down big tomorrow if that makes sense all right craig so do you do not see us retesting those june lows at this point in time i don't i don't see enough evidence to go back and do this and let me also just say that um as i look at what's happening with the breadth of the market it hasn't gotten back down anywhere near where we were in those June lows. So things are going to have to really get a lot worse from here. I still find positive things out there to buy. Let me give you an example. Yeah, give us those too. So I just put out a piece on alternative energy. And when I go through and I look at this, like take a look at the ETF at TAN. What a great downtrend reversal. Yeah, solar has been unbelievable. And you got the Fed, excuse me, you got the, the government wanting to basically – move in this direction it feels sort of like obamacare to me where they pump billions of dollars into this and you saw a lot of those uh, hmos do very well for an extended period of time tan looks great also take a look at um uh the iShares global clean etf again nice reversal and sort of a bullish flag also take a look at some of the individual ideas this is our longer term industry group stuff and this is literally corrected right back to a big long-term identifiable support area. The relative strength is turning up. Momentum is turning up. Kind of like that. And then look at things like CSIQ. Kind of an interesting chart. Good relative strength. 
by the way, if there's people that want to get some of these charts like this, um, just have them shoot me an email, craig.johnson at psc.com. And I don't charge for them. I send out a book on the weekends of uh, all these charts, not wow. marked up, but right. all these uh, traditional old Mansfield charts, and they're happy to them. Happy to have them. And what about these? What about these earnings warnings, Craig? I mean, you know, FedEx, the bellwether, the economy, people just not buying stuff. I I made I tried to make the the case to Dennis that, you know, well, maybe they're not buying it online. They're going to the store. But he says, no, they're not buying them. Just, you know, we're still not at a real, we're still at a high valuation. Q3 earnings season. I mean, we just keep getting hit with these earnings warnings. You think they're just trying to lower the bar to go over the lower bar or? Other, the other factors you see out there overriding that negativity. Well, let's take a look at let's take a look at FedEx to begin with, right? Yeah. So if I go back and I look at FedEx, I mean, this is really your longer term uptrend through here. Okay, this thing has sort of been in this upper trending channel through here, looking at this sort of longer term. Could it come in a little bit further? Sure, but the stock's already off from uh, you know three hundred fifteen dollars to now. Uh, $154, we've been about cut in half. Um, in terms of the earnings warnings across the board, if I sum all these earnings numbers up, and I have done that, let me just pull up another sheet for you. You ask and I have, how's that? Good, we like this. So, I mean, here is your, here is your bottoms up spreadsheet as I look at for FY1 annual earnings trend. I mean, does that look like that's falling off a cliff? And when I actually go through and I look at the revision data, what if I told you that over the last 90 days, earnings have gone down by 1.57%. Over the last 90 days for 2023, you've gone down by 2.47%. I mean, these are not nor enormous earnings revisions. I think you look at the data that came out today on the economy, things seem more resilient than I think people are willing to give it credit for. And literally... Everybody is super negative on this market at this point in time. And they're all hanging their hats on that there's going to be a massive revision uh, in earnings. I look out to 2023 because we're basically in September, working our way to October. You're talking about a market with the numbers as is trading at 16 times. You're basically trading at half a multiple below the median post-World War II. Where are you grabbing the 16 times from? What year is that? Like how far are you going up? That was 2023. That? 2023. That's the projected earnings, 2023. Correct. And if you look at where you are projected earnings for 2022, you're talking about 17.3. Okay. So I look at this and you're kind of got a market that's already been in a downtrend for a while. And if you come back and you look at other things like XBI, again, I told you I was going to come with a positive spin. We like it. We need this. Right. But you look at something like an XBI and it's like, hello, the downtrend started in in basically February of 2021. I mean, this is where this all started. And we washed this thing all the way out to $62. We're not making a new low. In fact, we've tested a bottom in here that had been in, in the enormous bottom going all the way back to 18. I kind of look at this and sort of wonder, the stocks that sold off the most and sold off the earliest were some of these growth stocks. And now some of those, I look at them and I'm like, a lot of the damage has already been done. Mm. Again, one doesn't get hurt falling out of basement windows. I've used that line before. And uh, 
I just continue to think that there's such negativity. In fact, I had a conversation with an individual, uh, remain nameless, but uh, they, they work at a large retirement fund and they want to start talking about shorting stocks now. And I kind of look at them like, Late to the party. Our door is closed. Like, you should have thought about that in February of 2021, not now. Yeah, I'm with you on like we've come down so far. I just don't, you know, and I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, and you're trying to say the catalyst is just we're oversold and everybody's too bearish. I'd like to see like a catalyst, like a real like fundamental like macro thing. You know, maybe it's, you know, something political coming from China that isn't negative. I mean, there may be something else to drive us. But, you know, I'm sitting with 50% cash in my long-term portfolio, and I've been there for a long time. Um, but, you know, eventually I want to get that back to work. So, you know, I want to get some of this cash back out there. I just, I don't see the reason to hurry back in this market, especially when I'm sitting in my cash and I'm getting 4% on my cash. So like the Tina trade is not helping stocks either because I'm like, well, I used to get nothing on my cash and all of a sudden I'm getting three and a half or 4% on my cash. It's not a bad place to sit. So respectfully, I got to tell you, I'm sort of going the other way. Yeah, for and sure. I had sat in cash thinking that there was going to be a deeper pullback in my own PA and qualified accounts, right? You've got to distinguish between the qualified and the taxable. But I, I've been leaning more into this market since uh, July 15th uh, or 14th on that Friday. And I still continue to think that the better thing to, from my perspective is to sort of lean into some of these things. Um, if I just go back and I look at all the historical seasonality from here, especially in the uh, second year of a presidential cycle, you got historically a pretty strong finish to the year. And um, nobody can predict exactly what the Fed is ultimately going to come out and say. We can kind of get an idea. But again, I'm sort of under the working belief that, yeah, they want to deal with inflation. They want to go deal with those challenges. But I don't really think they want to destroy equity markets um, because that would be very dangerous and very difficult to put the pieces back together again. Again, what about the, what about the reopening trade? Business. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What about the reopening trade? You, you kind of taught us off a cliff back in March of 2020. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. I'm looking at some of the airlines. Is that is that train left the station or just uh, just talking, not individual stocks, but sectors? Yeah. I mean, I was just going to pull up some of the charts and, you know, I look at I look at the carnival at this point in time and we've come back to long term identifiable support areas and they're not going down anymore. And, and, you know, Joel, coming back to your earnings question, earnings might come down, but who isn't already expecting that these earnings aren't going to come down to a degree? And even right. when you get some of these press releases and announcements like, you know, good old Ford, right, right there in your backyard. Like, okay, the stock is going to open at 14.22, close at 14.93. Yes, it's going to gap down. But again, even with those earnings announcements, it doesn't look like we're on our way to retest those June lows. All right, I'll come way, in. And by the way, for anybody listening for Ford at this point in time, please let me know when my Ford Bronco is going to show up. Supply chain issues. Craig, you're taking us into another problem. I mean, there's so many issues. I, I, I just want to tell you my patience is running short. I'm ready to write a check for this thing. And yet, come on. I'll be the biggest advocate. Uh, well, 
Uh, I'm gonna come in with a little bit more of the resident bearish outlook here. Um, so my, my thoughts are, you know, what about the consumer here? Um, it doesn't seem like the consumer has been really strapped for cash, but it seems like it's leading towards that direction, especially going into the holiday season. Do you expect a, a, a decent retail holiday season coming up? Well, I, I think people in, at this point in time are still spending. I mean, that hasn't changed. And when you think about the holiday season, you know, they may not be spending as much on individual goods, but they may turn around and spending on trips and those kind of experiences, shall we call it. Um, I look at an Amazon and again, I'm still off the June lows. I look at, you know, people wanting to buy a new iPhone and other things. And again, I'm still off the June lows. And by the way, if you really wanted to look at this and be optimistic, anybody know what it looks like when you have a left shoulder a head and a right shoulder yes kind of looks like an inverted head and shoulders when you look at the charts right mm -hmm. so that's a possibility some of those things could play out that way but in terms of the consumer itself also thinking about restaurants i wouldn't say chipotle is broken in here either so i could definitely find consumer related things to buy but am i going to be out buying you know you know a gap I mean, we should have sold it at 34 and change. Now at $10, it doesn't seem like it wants to go down anymore. So I so, guess my biggest issue for all this is whether spending picks up or doesn't pick up, this is not new news to anybody because the stocks are already, have already priced a lot of this in. All right, Craig Johnson. Chief Market Technician at Piper Sandler Companies, bringing, it, bringing his best technical and fundamental analysis to the pre-market prep show. Craig, always a pleasure having you on, and uh, we're going to get you on a couple more times before the end of the year. Really appreciate it. Happy to do it anytime, and, you know, please, if you had any poll up there at Ford, let them know that I need a Bronco. Okay, <laughs> I'll run down to Dearborn on my lunch break. All right, all right, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. See you, Craig. All right, sneaky low there at eighty-five I mean, and a quarter. Good. Oh, it's, go ahead, go ahead, it's Dennis. It's good to get that viewpoint, you know, that bullish viewpoint, because there is two sides to this market. And you know, obviously, on this show, we've been bearish for a while here, but you know, it makes me think. I'm sitting with fifty percent cash. I don't want to miss it. I mean, there's going to be a certain point in time where, hey, maybe I should put some of that cash back to work here, because you know, this is my long-term account. It's in my registered account, fifty percent cash. Its only job is to invest and make money. I can't take that money and go buy things with it. It's registered money. I cannot do anything else with it. So when setting 50% cash, I'm very nervous about the market. Normally that should set at like 10 to 20% cash. So maybe I've, you know, been correct. And maybe, you know, I should, you know, get paid here and actually move the money back in here because I've scalped, you know, some significant money from it. I mean, do I come in here back in here and buy my square back? I sold it at 89 a month ago. It's 63. It's right back to where I bought it originally. Do I come in here and buy some of these other names? Do I buy a PayPal on downgrade today? Do I buy a Nike on a downgrade today, giving you a shot to get back in? Maybe. But again, I just don't know if, you know, this just turns around on a dime and we're just ripping, roaring, and, you know, we can't stop it because I still think the consumer is strapped for cash. So, you know, so Craig, it, it's good to get my thought process thinking. You know, I got to think more about that. You know, maybe I buy a little bit of stocks just in case I'm wrong. But, you know, overall, like I said, today I'd be bullish. I'd be buying this pullback today as a day trade because we had a rip roaring rally yesterday. You got some shorts that are like, thank you very much. They'll be coming in. I would not be surprised if we even went green today. 
And, you know, that's into the Fed meeting. We have the Fed meeting tomorrow. And then that's a crapshoot. You know, maybe they come in and it's a, you know, sell on, you know, the rumor. We've been selling ahead of it and buy on the news. It could happen. But then we get into earnings season. And I think the earnings season is going to be bad. And that keeps me, uh, you know, and that keeps me the whole case that I'm like, I'm nervous about this earnings season. So nervous about this earnings season. Uh, I'm be worried about what's going to go on in that FOMC meeting for us to think bullish. Um, I think that the CPI data that came out recently is just going to give uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell some more ammo to fire into inflation. He's going to he's going to go ahead and state that this is exactly probably what we don't want to see, which is inflation not really tapering off as fast as they need it to be. Um, so, you know, uh, I like one thing that Craig said was I just I, whatever happens today, whatever happens tomorrow, I just like I hope we're calm. You know, I like I don't like exactly what he said that one day when we had the meeting, we rallied, we had the craziest range, we had 180 handle range. We settled at the top and then we that just went crash and burned the next day and we never looked back. So I would like it to, you know, just be, be calm. And that's one thing I, you know, the, the average daily ranges have been increasing. That's not good. That's, you know, the VIX has been stubborn for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I agree with him. I just kind of like to, I just like to have a calm day after the, we usually don't have it, but uh, that was one point uh, that he made that uh, I just wanted to emphasize. So where else, what else we got on the docket, Mitch? We're kind of coming near the end, huh? Yeah, we're coming near the end here. Let's keep going. Let's take a look at what else we got for today. Well, let's do some ticker time because you know what? Hey, Craig gave us some great charts. You know, that CSIQ, I look at that, you know, and it's pulled back, you know, the good relative strength. Traders, give us some charts that aren't looking so horrible. You know, I know there's a lot of smart (laughs) traders in our chat. Give us a few here because, hey, I could get talked into nibbling into a few stocks here in the long-term account. I don't have to be 50% cash. I could be 45 and I'd still be pretty comfortable too. Give us a few that look good. Because, you know, you get certain stocks that are just going down, down, down like an NVIDIA. And you're like, wow, you got to be a total contrarian. There's something that's not, you know, looking like it's just falling off a cliff or has fallen off a cliff. So, I mean, First Solar is at all-time high. So, we know those have been, you know, strong there. AbbVie I own in my long-term portfolio. I'm just going through some of the tickers chats here. Um, we've held up. Netflix is interesting. And I own, my wife owns Netflix. Again, Netflix holding up well. The upgrade yesterday. I don't know, Joel. You didn't see anything that strikes your fancy? Uh, I mean, I mentioned the, the CSIQ. Uh, you, they mentioned that. I mean, you got a good level to lean on. You've had so. a nice pullback. You, you're clearing, a, perhaps clearing a pair of highs. I mean, you know, I don't know how, I mean, you know, if you want to fade the downgrade, I mean, Nike, you know, I'd keep an eye on just under this uh, this 104 if it doesn't get to the two lows from yesterday. Oh, that's not looking bad. Let's see what else do we have here. Uh, Mr. Softy, boy, oh boy. I mean, tech has just been so out of favor. I don't like the fact that it's below the June low. That makes me nervous for the market. Uh, so that. Uh, what about an Uber? Uber? Because you know what? Uber is going to be profitable next year. I mean, we've had this, you know, they've been burning cash, burning cash, burning cash. They're in all likelihood going to be profitable next year. You think this is one that, you know, you get here, it's been holding up fairly well. Is this something you nibble into? Uh, I, I'd take a, a trade on strength over 32. You get a gap fill. Uh, boy, this whole area just kind of, you know, this kind of 
you know, scares me when I see these big gap areas because I always think they're going to go back and fill the gap. But uh, for just for a shorter term trade, there's some uh, room above 32 and you had an inside day yesterday. Let's take a look at uh, at Lyft, L-Y-F-T. That's finding some support too. But uh, it's 858 here, folks. And, and we got an important programming note for tomorrow. Uh, Mitch is going to be out of town. Uh, so we are going to be doing the pre-market prep show on premarketprep.com. I just put the link in there and I hope it showed up on the YouTube also. Also, Dennis and I, are, yeah, it's going to, it's that. Yeah, that's the YouTube link, public link, and we'll bring you right to it. Uh, Dennis and I are going to be doing the show together. Mitch is going out to New York to do some interviewing. So that's premarketprep.com. Go to the channel. Also, when you're at the channel, subscribe because then you'll get notices when we do some things later in the day. So very important for you guys to to note that because we got the Fed that may hop on during the Fed meeting. I will meeting. tweet out, and if you're following me on Twitter, I will tweet out the link to the show also um, 10 minutes before we start the show tomorrow. So yeah. so if, you, if you're looking for the show tomorrow. So again, pre-market prep will not be because the Benzinga team's got a whole bunch of stuff going on for the next three days. So the next three days, um, we're going to run the show over on our site here. So um, again, premarketprep.com, but I'll tweet out the YouTube direct link if you follow me on Twitter. Yep, that's it. That's the same thing. So uh, I'm going to hop. Let's see if we hold that pre-market low. Uh, that'd be That's like the good level. I'd take a, I'd take a shot there to see if that holds. And then, sure, unchanged to see if we can get above 17 and a quarter. So great show today. Everyone, we'll see you tomorrow. Be fired up. Uh, premarketprep.com tomorrow, 8 a.m. All right, Joel's getting on out of here. Dennis, you're out. Yeah, I got 30 seconds here. So if you got something for me here, 30 seconds before we close. Yeah, going just, fast. Uh, so you're, you're in the buy the dip mentality. I am about... today. So just yeah. today. I think yeah, yeah. just I'm today. Just at stuff that I'm action. buying today, I'm probably going to flip it ahead of the Fed. So okay. I'm, it, I'm it, in a full buy the dip. Like on the day trading portfolio, I'm buying this dip here right now. I is there wrong. any area that you're leaning towards right now? Semiconductors? Yeah, we started cutting in. And we, so we don't, I want, what I want to see is almost immediate gratification on this. And okay. what I mean by that is I want to see the 50% retracement of yesterday's move hold. So go 382. We were just doing the quick math, 385. I want to see this hold 385. You know, it starts going below that. Or if we start rolling over after the open, I'll probably bail. This is short-term trade. So you've got to have an out. But I'm saying that I think that there's going to be this institutional buying pressure maybe after the open here because they missed it yesterday. So okay. I'm buying the dip today, probably selling it here if it works, obviously, overnight. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to be selling it too. So either way, just looking at as a day trade is buying the dip. All right. Well, thank you for that outlook. And Dennis, go do what you do best and go trade. Enjoy the rest of the week. I will see you when I come back on Monday where we will be without Joel, but we'll run the show with Dennis. And yes, guys, uh, so it's not because I didn't want to run pre-market prep. We definitely have some people that could run it, but I'm not going to be here. Um, now, I will let you guys know what I'm going to be doing. I'm not just taking a vacation to New York City. I am going to Qualcomm's Investor Day. Yes, I said it. I'm going with Chris Ketchy and some of the guys here from Benzinga. We're going to go cover exclusively Qualcomm's Investor Day, and also do a New York Stock Exchange tour. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited to show you guys 
the inside of the New York Stock Exchange. We'll be meeting up with Jay Woods, of course, from Drive Wealth. Um, he's a floor governor. Also, we're going to be doing an interview longer term towards 2023 picks. So if you guys got some questions for that, definitely reach on out. It's going to be an awesome time with Qualcomm. We're going to have exclusive interviews for you. And you're going to get a lot from that uh, presentation for their investor day. So stay tuned. Qualcomm, they wanted Benzinga there. They wanted us there. So we will definitely be there to bring you guys the news. Give us a thumbs on up. Come on over to live trading. That's coming on next. I want you guys to get on over to our live trading action. This is where Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I get into the market and keep on battling. Like always, we you know, we never know if we're going to get into the green. But one thing we're going to do is battle. And it's always about process. So stay tuned, guys. I'll see you guys on over to live trading. And of course, I know that you guys will miss me a little bit while I am gone. If you guys want to reach on out, you guys can always reach out to me at MoneyMitchBZ, Twitter. And if you guys have any outlook, you guys want me to just take a look at a stock, you guys can always reach out to me and I'll be happy to cover a chart for you guys. Now let's get you guys over to some live trading action. And just like we stated, tomorrow, if you guys don't see pre-market prep here, don't all attack me on Twitter, even though I have a feeling that I'm going to get a lot of messages. I tried my best to keep it for you guys. We'll see what happens. It'll be on pre-market prep plus. Uh, no at the close also for the rest of the week. That will be also on Joel's channel. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like always, get you guys over to live trading action now. I'm going to go try to make some money today. Let's see what I can do, and we'll see what happens. And I am not always late for the next show. This show ends at 9.03. That one starts at 9.05. You guys got to give me a minute to switch on over. But I try to do my best for you guys, like always. See you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.